When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. While we were able to enjoy some warm weather this past week, spending time outside also brought more risk of coming into contact with ticks and mosquitoes. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. P.J. Leash, state entomologist, says last year's tick and mosquito populations were a bit more subdued. But when it comes to determining what we'll be seeing this year, it all comes down to weather. Well, it's been really interesting with our weather this last week or so with those temperatures in many areas up into the 60s, 70s, or even 80s. With the warm temperatures, that meant a lot of folks were maybe out in the woods hitting the trails, doing some hiking or, or doing other outdoor activities. And that did uh, lead to the possibility of tick encounters. And just as a little bit of perspective, uh, I have colleagues here in the medical entomology lab on campus, but then colleagues with Department of Health Services in the state and other folks that are out looking for and surveying for ticks. And they have been noticing quite a bit of tick activity in the last week simply because of those warm temperatures. And one other little tidbit of information related to that, uh, I have heard from local veterinarians here in Madison area of tick reports going back even into late February. So it, it's definitely that time of the year where as temperatures creep upwards and folks are spending more time outdoors that they should really be thinking about ticks because they are out there and they are active. So what might be in store then for the rest of the year for the tick population and things that we need to be aware of? I'd say that's really the, the million-dollar question is always trying to forecast what will be in store for the rest of the year with ticks. And with ticks, it's a little bit challenging because when you look at the biology of our common tick species, they actually have these prolonged life cycles that take about two years. What that means is if there is some sort of condition, be it weather-related or, or other sort of conditions that are either really good for ticks or really hard on them, there can be a delay before we really see impacts of that. So in terms of what will the tick situation be like the rest of the year, it's really hard to tell at this point. Uh, and again, the Tick activity we've had recently doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have more ticks this year. It just means that we warmed up and they were active during that warm spell last week. So we're really going to have to stay tuned. But related to this, I will say um, last year, uh, 2022, it seemed that tick numbers were a little bit more subdued in, in many areas. I wasn't getting uh, my phone ringing off the hook with tick reports and chatting with my colleagues around the state. Uh, it seemed that tick numbers were maybe average or, or just kind of typical. They weren't, uh, weren't extremely high last year. So if things hold similar to last year, it might not be as bad as, as some previous years, but still with the medical concerns associated with these creatures, uh, it's always something that folks should be aware of and should have on their radar and make sure they're taking appropriate precautions. Let's transition into another pest, mosquitoes. What trends are we seeing so far with those? So it's really interesting with the mosquitoes, and I would say the pattern I have seen thus far is actually not that far off from the ticks in that with the last week or so with some warmer temperatures, I have had several reports of mosquitoes being active and biting people, especially in the southern half of the state. In the north woods where snow is still melting, a little bit quieter up there. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have a bad mosquito year, and we can touch on that in a little bit. But when you think about all of our mosquitoes here in Wisconsin, and we have about 55 or so different species of mosquitoes, 
each species differs in some of the aspects of their biology and life cycle. And what I'm getting at is there are certain mosquito species that actually overwinter as adult mosquitoes in sheltered locations. So this could be small uh, rock overhangs along a river, kind of these cave-like environments. Some can overwinter actually indoors, uh, rock cellars and, and things like that. Uh, just these tucked away spots where it's going to insulate them a, a certain extent. And once the temperatures warm up to about 50, 55 or higher in the spring, those mosquitoes can become active. And so with that said, the last week or so when I have had some reports of mosquitoes and seen them myself, um, they were definitely out there. Folks were getting some bites. And it was simply these mosquito species that overwinter as adults. And we have members of a, a couple different uh, genera that can do that. What we really need to stay in tune for, though, is what is going to happen with the rest of the season, and that can be influenced a lot by weather patterns. And what I'm going to be watching in particular is going to be the weather over the next month or two, because the rainfall that we get in spring is really going to be kind of the big overall driver of mosquito pressure here in the state for this year. If we have relatively dry conditions, that should keep mosquito populations lower. And that's what we've seen in many parts of Wisconsin the last year or two with some of the droughty conditions. But if we have a rainy spring and early summer, that's probably going to set the stage for much higher mosquito populations as the growing season goes on. What can individuals do to help protect themselves from mosquitoes and ticks? I know there's things that, you know, put on the spray, check yourself, but what are some things that you suggest there's really a pretty long list of things that I recommend, and especially when it comes to ticks, one of the most important things I would like to get out there is I want folks to be aware of what ticks are and the diseases that they carry. And most folks are going to generally be familiar with the adult ticks, but they may not be as familiar with the juvenile stages of ticks, which can be noticeably smaller, about half the size or even less than that for the larva, which is the very youngest stage of the tick. And so those juvenile ones can be harder to spot. I have some colleagues here on campus that are doing some cool outreach work related to ticks where they actually have mannequins dressed up and they will hide ticks on them. These are, are dead ticks, of course, but then ask folks at uh, field days and, and other events to try and find all the ticks. And it turns out it's pretty challenging to be able to do that. So I really like folks to maybe spend a little bit of time, maybe just a couple minutes hopping online, looking at some pictures of ticks with some size references, just so you know what they look like. And also just to be aware of the diseases associated with them. We do, of course, hear about Lyme disease associated with deer ticks, but there's other diseases as well, like anaplasmosis, babesiosis, ehrlichiosis, and some other things. So that's the most important thing in my mind is be aware of what they are, understand a little bit about their biology. Now, some other precautions that we can take, uh, avoidance. And what I mean by that is if you know that there is a bad area for ticks, or mosquitoes for that matter. You know, there's just a lot of tick and mosquito activity in a given spot. Maybe it's a certain park or your favorite hunting land, that sort of thing. That might make the case that, uh, you know, you choose some other activity that day. Or if you are going out, make sure to take some extra precautions. In your own yard or on your property, there are some things you can do to help manage the vegetation and other aspects of the yard. We know from some research, if you have like a woody area with dense thickets of invasive barberry and honeysuckle, if you go in and thin those areas out, that can actually have an impact in decreased tick populations. 
And from a mosquito perspective, if you have standing water in your yard, that could be a puddle, it could be a low-lying spot in the tarp, or kitty toys out in a sandbox or something like that, anything that holds water that you can dump out, that is going to decrease the chances of mosquitoes breeding in those spots. A few other things, long sleeve clothing. That is a physical barrier between your skin and either ticks or mosquitoes. And if you are going to an area with lots of ticks, it might even make sense to tuck your pants into your socks. Then there's the repellents. There's some gold standards like DEET. There are some other EPA-registered ones like Picaridin, IR3535. And if you're looking for more of a plant-based type product that does have science backing it up, you can find it at most hardware stores, but the ingredient is oil of lemon eucalyptus. And I do caution folks, you can go on Facebook and, and other social media and find recipes for making your own repellents, which might smell really nice from the essential oils and stuff like that, but there's very little evidence to show that those actually work. So go with one of the EPA registered repellents and make sure to read the fine print on the label in terms of how and when you, and where you should be applying it. For ticks, make sure to do tick checks at the end of the day. And I say that because with deer ticks and Lyme disease, that tick really has to be attached to you for about 24 to 36 hours or longer for it to effectively transmit Lyme disease. And so if you go out in the woods and you come back a couple hours later and you find a tick on you, just because you've been removing it within a few hours, that greatly, greatly decreases chances of transmission of something such as Lyme and other diseases as well. So tick checks are important. Don't forget about your pets, dogs and outdoor cats and things like that can be affected by ticks as well. And then for mosquitoes, if you spend a lot of time outdoors with mosquitoes, there are some devices that are considered area repellents. Citronella candles would be a, a very well-known one, but those uh, have a very limited kind of area that they protect. But there are some newer devices that use uh, a repellent uh, pesticide in there, uh, a repellent-type product that is vaporized in the air. Things like Thermacell and, and Essie Johnson off, uh, they have some similar little lantern-type devices as well. And those can work very well if you are spending some time outdoors and the mosquitoes are bad. That can be a good way to keep them at bay. So those are some tips for both ticks and mosquitoes. That was PJ Leash, state entomologist, also known as the Wisconsin Bug Guy. Be sure to take proper precautions as the weather warms up to truly enjoy being outside without the nuisance of these pesky insects. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.